listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. Hey, this is Scott Love, and thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. We've got a special guest. This is someone who I've been following for years, decades even, Ed Wallace. He's written several books on business development. We had him on our show, on show number 11, over a year ago. And today, we're talking about speaking the language of your client. You're going to hear some rich ideas in my interview with Ed. If you're in the business of getting business, think of these ideas before you go on your next meeting with your prospect. That's the meeting where you're really trying to find out what their problems are. How do you solve for their issues? How can you show that your service is a solution? Those are the ideas you're going to get from my interview with Ed today. One thing I want to ask you to do when you're done listening to Ed, go to the show notes, follow him on LinkedIn. You really need to be in his circle because he's got some great ideas, and I like the fact that he makes things simple. Appreciate you listening to the show. I appreciate all the comments and all the reviews. And if you have any other ideas or suggestions about the show, please reach out to me. I'm always happy to receive those ideas and talk with you. Thanks again for listening, and I hope you enjoy my interview with Ed. Hey, everyone. This is Scott Love. Thanks for joining me on the Rainmaking Podcast. Today, we have Ed Wallace joining us. Ed is in the house again. He's on our show for the second time. And today, we're talking about speaking the language of your client. Ed, I'm excited to have you here today. Scott, great to be with you again. Again, um, I know. I, I guess I did okay. You invited me back. Absolutely. <laughs> Why did it take me so long, though? It's been about a year. I don't know, Scott. <laughs> but you've been busy, and I'm glad you've been busy, and I'm glad business is going well. And I've got to tell you, just for people that aren't familiar with who Ed is, I first learned about you when I was in Las Vegas. I was leaving the airport. I was giving a speech, and I look at your book in the bookstore, and I think, what was, what was the title of your book? It was uh, Clients... That was probably business relationships that last. That's right. Yeah. Business relationships that last. And I remember seeing the title and I'm like, yeah, I could have written that. What does this guy know that I don't know? And I, and I just randomly picked it up, started flipping through it. And I'm like, wow, that's a great idea. A few more pages. Wow, that's a great idea. Wow, a few more pages. Wow, I've got to have this book. And I've highlighted it. And I, and I kid you not, I've read your book so much that it actually split open in the middle because I've read it so much. And I bookmarked it. and. Uh, your content is fabulous. And what can I say? I'm a fan and I'm honored to have you here on the show again. Appreciate that, Scott. Thank you. And uh, my publisher thanks you as well. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> and I think the way you deliver your content, it fits our market perfectly. Professionals that are in the business of getting business. They're out there. They're trying to get clients to give them work, whether they're lawyers, recruiters, people that are in accounting, finance, management consultants, private equity, all that stuff. They have clients. And I'm kind of curious, when you talk about speaking the language of your client, tell me first, what does that mean exactly? And why is that important for professionals to understand that? Well, I think the key thing is we tend to have in our minds the sources of value of what we do, mm -hmm. of our services. But that's our language. That may not mean anything to the CEO, the CFO, the COO, whoever you're working with. It needs right. to be translated like our benefits. I call them sources of value have to be translated into words that that person understands. For instance, and I know this has nothing to do with professional services firms, but it's a really easy example. If you're in manufacturing, we do an awful lot in the manufacturing area. 
we might say made in the USA. Now, that might mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people on the decision-making side. But if we want made in the USA to resonate with a manufacturer that needs on-time delivery, right. guaranteed parts, tech reps that are fluent, mm-hmm. that's the language of the customer in this place. I see. So, so today we'll, we're going to talk about how do we take our sources of value, our benefits, how do we translate them into the language of the client? That's great. And so let me kind of preface it, our conversation by saying this, that one thing I really like about how you write and how you teach is that you break it down into step one, step two, step three, you break it down into a specific process, or if you're Canadian, a process, (laughs) you, you really, you really give clear advice where there are action steps and you break it down like such as one thing I know you're going to talk about is a targeting conversation. So maybe we can kind of start with that. Do you think that's a good starting point in our process here? Sure, sure. How about a little <laughs> quiz first? Okay, that sounds good. Uh, lead in the target conversation. So there was a survey done, I think it was Florida State recently, of decision makers. And they asked the decision makers, Scott, so I'm going to ask you this question. Okay. What percentage of decision makers expect their service providers to fully understand their business on a scale of zero to 100? What do you think? It's probably high. I'd say like more than eight. I mean, probably all of them, they they want that. They expect it, right? 85%. Okay. 85% said, I expect this service professional, my attorney, my accountant, whoever that person is, my IT advisor, whoever it is to really immerse themselves and understand my business in the language of my business. Now, when they the survey went on, and what percentage of professional service people actually go that far and take that step to really understand the business? Take, take a guess. Yeah, probably one out of five, one out of four. Well, that's 20%, 14%. Okay, 14, yeah. So the bar is really low. <laughs> I mean, really, like it, we, I got a chance. We we all, yeah. You have you even you have a chance, Scott. No, just kidding. You, you know, you are at the top of your I field, that's for sure. So with that, you know, what we do is we look at data like that and we say, how can we tailor our solutions for our clients and for things like this pot, like your your award winning podcast here, mm-hmm. so that we can you know leave you with some tools that you can use and. You know, I'm a pretty simple guy. That's why you get simple tools. Oh, I good. I like that. Tools. That's what um, people want. If your audience can leave this with one or two things they can use in the time we spend together, I'll feel like it was a success for you and it certainly was a success for me. Your original question was, what's a targeted conversation? Targeted conversation is a plan and then execution of an initial interaction with a new potential client. Okay. So everybody and- can just keep new in their mind right now. We're not talking about ongoing client relationships, a new potential client. And this is somebody that knows our bit, what we're in. There may have been a referral. We're at that meeting. We're at that Zoom call at that meeting and we're there to talk about their issues, right? Beautiful, exactly. Okay. And, and you know, I'm glad you mentioned Zoom because this approach, we did accelerating virtual relationships in our last podcast. Right. This approach works on a Zoom. It works in person on a conference line or something. So, so this is a hybrid approach. Let's put it right. that way. So the first thing we, we want, want everybody to think about is, okay, the buyer persona, okay? Who is it? So let's pretend it's a CFO. Right, okay. okay. What should be on a CFO's desk? And I'm asking this rhetorically, Scott, from a goals and struggles standpoint, we call them goals, passions, and struggles, relational GPS. But from a goals and struggles standpoint, what should be on their desk? 
And, and again, we don't know the person yet. We haven't met with them. We know we did our research on their business and it looks like, well, you know, they're trying to expand. They're opening more offices or more branches or whatever it is. So what kind of goals might they have that I might have a solution for? Right. And what might they be struggling with that I've helped other clients for? So we write those down, right? Okay. It's like a pre-call plan. And tell me again, what is the GPS? What does that stand for? Oh, relational GPS is understanding the business and personal goals, the causes or passions, and or the struggles of the other person. It's one of our enduring tools that all of our clients use. And almost anything you share with me, almost anything this potential client shares in this simulation we're doing here is going to be a goal, passion, or struggle. And we're going to talk about how do we align with some goals and how do we dig deeper into those goals? Or those and, and I, I got to press pause right here, Ed, because that's just absolutely brilliant. You have simplified, I think, one of the most critical concepts of business development is getting in your prospect's head. And, and you give us, I like the GPS, goals, passion, struggles. Everything fits in one of those three buckets. I think that's brilliant, by the way. You may continue, sir. I invented that one. I invented that one. Uh, and, 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 but again, if, if you all try this, if your listeners all try this, Try it out in one of your next conversations. Just start taking notes, put GPS on a page. Yes. Yeah. And you'll you won't believe it. Oh my gosh, Scott just shared a goal with me. I know you're coming out with a new book. That's one of your goals. Right. Yeah. Again, if we were learning about your book in this podcast, I could ask you, take you through the whole process. You know, what might you be struggling with in writing that book? Publishers lead time, all these kind of things. I went through the same process. So hey, maybe that's what everybody's one takeaway today, right? Learning your, your clients' relational GPS. Wow. But there's more, Scott. But okay, good, more. good. I'm on the edge of my seat. Tell me so, more. <laughs> so we prepare thinking about GPS, but now we got to go really locate it. Okay. And, and we call that discovery. And I know attorneys use that term. I know, you know. Most professional service people use that, use discovery, or they use some kind of, you know, where we're learning about the client. So, you know, my favorite discovery question that you can ask in any situation today is, Scott, you know, it's been, um, it's been a crazy 18 months for everybody. What do you think was your business's or your own personal greatest accomplishment during that time? Wow, that's a great question. And I would think as a business owner, Scott, you're going to riff away. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to say, hey, you know, I brought in this new person to do associate planning and I, I kept my team afloat. You're going to share so much with me from that one question. Rather than what are you struggling with these days, Scott? What's keeping you up at night? Yeah. Which one sounds less like a psychologist right. and more like a business person? Yeah, that's right. So let's not go in with the negative. Let's get Scott happy and positive. And then... You ask three more questions. We call it ask, ask, ask. Okay. So Scott talks about how great the year went and what you did. Next question is, well, why do you think that happened? Wow. Guess what? Scott's going to ask more stuff. He's going to answer more stuff. And he's going to talk for another five minutes. And then you say, can you tell me more? Scott's going to say some more stuff because he's talking about it. He's talking about his business and the good stuff he did. And then if you could get to a third question, this is the third ask, is there anything else that you'd like to share about that or that I can learn about that? Because I'm learning about your business just through this process, Scott. This right. is wonderful. So we ask a great initial discovery question. And mine was what you accomplished. Another great discovery question could be something like, how has the pandemic changed the way you run your business? 
And then you go ask, ask, you go, why can you tell me more? Is there anything else? I can't stress enough about the success we're having with our customers. We call ours customers. I know you Mm -hmm. call yours clients Mm -hmm. with this really simple process. We fill a half day workshop with this simple process because they're developing all these questions around various scenarios they're actually involved in. So they're doing real work while we're working with them. Okay, so now Scott has shared all this discovery with us and we've got notes and notes of paper. We can ask another discovery question, something like maybe we learned something in there about these branches that this business is opening. We can ask something about the locations and then we can do, you know, which which locations are going to be the most challenging for you. And Mm -hmm. then you do why. Can you tell me more? Is there anything else? And of course, we're not doing this like a robot. We don't have to use those exact words. We've got notes of paper now. And now, now Scott is pretty happy because we're talking with him like a business person. Right. We're not talking about our legal services. Mm-hmm. We haven't jumped to one thing that we do yet. We know we can help based on what he's saying, and we're resisting the urge, unlike the other people he's probably interviewing. Right. So now we get to the moment of truth. And Which is pulling out a contract and a pen, right? <laughs> I, I don't know if it's that easy. Oh, but, okay. <laughs> but the moment of truth in my mind is when Scott turns and says, wow, that's really interesting. You know, yeah. I learned about my business based on our conversation. How can you guys help us? And this is where I find that even the best polished rainmakers, they usually blow up. they start talking about the size of their firm and how many staff they have. And, oh, we've done so many projects like this in the past. They haven't addressed one benefit to Scott. Right. And they did such a beautiful job getting the information. They've got everything in front of them that they need right now. So let me ask you. So we ask, ask, ask. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like here's the wind up and here's the pitch. Now we're ready to to make a presentation to tell. Right. So, so let me ask you this before you talk about this, what should be on my mind? Let's say I'm a consultant with the prospect, Zoom, in person, either way, we've done all this. What should I be thinking about at that point? Well, first thing is in your mind, are you matching some of the things that this person is sharing with you to your sources of value? Mm-hmm. Right. We talked about, you know, benefits. We call them benefits. Marketing people provide law firms, accounting firms with, hey, here's why we're so great. Here's what we do. How do we translate that, though, into the language of that client? Mm. So all of this that we've talked about is just leading us to the title of this podcast. How do we take what we just heard and how do we take what we know are our sources of value, things we're really great at, and translate that into language that Mm -hmm. this client is going to understand? So let's let's try to play one out here. I brought up locations a couple of times mm-hmm. uh, that this CFO shared with us. So maybe something, maybe our benefit is our source of value is we've got regional offices. Okay. So a lot of times, you know, the CFO will say, well, we're opening 20 different branches over the next three years. Well, you know, we've got regional offices. I think that leaves something to be desired. Right. That's not really meeting that person in the language of their business. You know, first thing I would do is I would ask them, where are you opening them? And I would do some more. And then once I, I said, you know, it's really interesting. One of the areas that you mentioned is Las Vegas. And uh, you know, we've got a partner in Las Vegas and they specialize in helping our clients open new warehouses. 
now you're speaking in the language of the business because he's opening a new warehouse, let's say, mm-hmm. or a branch, whatever they want to call it. Well, you know, the one location you mentioned, our partners are real expert on helping our clients open new warehouse. We could get, you know, and then hopefully that resonates with that person. It probably will. And you could go to a next step, you know, coming out of this, could that be one of our follow-ups? Right. Let me get you on the phone with Scott and let's have a conversation about that. I'm probably going to say yes, but they haven't asked us yet. You know, how can you help us? So it could be something like this. Once we discovered that that was a good source of value, we call it value proposition shorthand. Okay. If you could picture in your mind, we help blank, you know, we help CFOs increase, decrease, or eliminate right. through. So we're basically, what we're doing right now is coming up with our own value statement based on what their needs are, right? At that moment. Right. Not, not a prepared one. So, you know, we help CFOs decrease the risk in opening new locations through, you know, our partner who specializes in real estate or warehouses in Las Vegas or something like that. We want to speak to what they're trying to accomplish, not, oh, you know, we've got a regional partner in Las Vegas and he can really help you with, uh, you know, with this. No, we help you decrease the risk of failure. We help you ensure on time uh, opening. We help you, you know, guarantee whatever it is. You want to come up with a verb and it's a sentence. It's not a paragraph. Talks about them first. And then, you know, it worked when they say, so how do we make this happen? Right. I think that's great. How do we do this? And Ed, let me kind of press pause again. What I like about the way you teach this is that I can see somebody that's not a trained salesperson that is a successful corporate M&A partner, IP litigator, management consultant, that's looking to have a business conversation, not a sales conversation, but a business conversation. Because the word sales, I think for some people, it puts pressure on them, or maybe they just can't get over the hump of admitting that they are in sales, even though they really are. But we're having a discovery meeting with business discovery questions, probing for those hot buttons, probing for those buying motives, and then making that value statement that's customized based on what our client is telling us is important to us which I think is great. That's just- That's a beautiful summary. And I, I'll just cap it off with our customers, our clients expect us to understand their business. We talked about that earlier. I shared that stat with everyone. So why don't we think about ourselves as business people masquerading as attorneys? Yeah, right. Or as business people masquerading as accountants, business people masquerading as IT consultants or whatever right. it is, business consultants. I think people like to work with business people. A lot of the research has proven that out. Yeah. They can find a lawyer any day. They can always find right. a lawyer, right? So, so let me ask you this. What are some other discovery questions that we might, what's some others in your arsenal that you'd be willing to share with us? Well, you can do some personal discovery. You know, I was looking at your profile on LinkedIn, which is totally acceptable. Yeah. It's not creepy or anything like that. Right. If they put a profile on LinkedIn, there's 700 million people on LinkedIn right now. It is the premier business networking tool. So upgrade your picture, everyone, if you don't feel your picture is appropriate. And, you know, my LinkedIn is edwallace007. Check it out. I've been coached by people who are really good at LinkedIn. So maybe my profile help you maybe improve yours. So you can ask a question like this. You know, you know, Scott, I checked out your LinkedIn profile and I noticed you went to this school and you go down that path. Or I noticed that you're involved with this charity and you go down that path. Or I noticed that, you know, you have an avocation around, you know, skydiving and you go down that path. Mm -hmm. Or I noticed you've been here for 22 years. What's kept you here? 
So I think you can use LinkedIn as a way to do personal discovery and learn personal GPS. So I think there's two sides of it. There's the business side and the personal side. And so do you think that it's a good idea, let's say I have my sales meeting. So for example, I'm meeting with the chairman of a big firm in uh, two weeks, and I know a little bit about him, but my plan is to go through his profile and I'm getting ready for that meeting. Do you think I should be ready kind of with a few discovery questions in my mind? Do you think I should think about that in advance? Yeah. And I would link in with him or her in advance. Right. I don't think there has to be a protocol. If they're on LinkedIn and you're going to meet with them, send them an invitation. It's interesting to see what response you'll get. Yeah. Number one, that if they respond, they spend time on LinkedIn. It might be a warmer meeting. If you don't hear from like, no, oh, they're really not that in LinkedIn, it kind of gives you a temperature as to whether you should bring yeah. up much about LinkedIn. And I think the other thing is when it comes to, to LinkedIn or any of these tools, I think it says a lot about what they see on your profile. What are you posting? Now, I'll immediately post this podcast. I get a thousand views whenever yeah. I post a podcast. Uh, maybe with yours, I'll get 5,000. <laughs> number one podcast. But again, Gen Xers and millennials are pretty into LinkedIn. Right. And they're probably going to vet you before that meeting. They may start asking you questions about your LinkedIn. So are you posting things that are of value? I'm not saying you have to create stuff like you do, Scott, and like I do. But, you know, if you're a listener to this podcast, share the podcast. And it's so easy. All you've got to do is get the link from Scott when he posts it. Actually, all you really have to do is click share and write a few words. And the next thing you know, it's on your it's on your right. post. Feed. Right. So I think that uh, it's important. I call it curb appeal. I think it's important that you have a strong LinkedIn profile as well to match any questions you might ask them about LinkedIn. I think that's great. I like the way you state that. Ed. You've got to have some LinkedIn curb appeal. Yeah. So you've given us some great ideas, targeted conversations, discovery questions, ask, 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 tell talking about a customized value statement, having LinkedIn curb appeal. You've given us a lot here in about 25 minutes or so. Tell us about the offerings that you have that you want our listeners to know about you and then kind of bring it home. What are three action steps you'd give people to get started on some of the ideas that you shared with us today, Ed? I appreciate that, Scott. Well, hey, everyone, just link in with me. Uh, Ed Wallace, 007. Yep. I, love, I, love, I love sharing that. <laughs> and we'll put that on the show notes too. Yeah, you can learn a lot about what we do on there. LinkedIn is not for selling, by the way, but it certainly gives uh, people an idea of what you're all about and the kind of person you're, all that kind of good stuff. Our company is called Achieve Next, and I head up the human capital practice. We help sales teams increase sales through a strategic focus on relationships. That's what we're all about. We've got all kinds of IP that we've been developing over the last, we've been in business for 16 years. And um, you can reach us at AchieveNext.com or as they said, Ed Wallace 007 on LinkedIn. That's great, Ed. And what are three action steps you can give people for them to get started on these ideas that you shared with us? Well, again, we talked today about that initial interaction with the new potential clients. Let's focus on that. You want to plan, right? You've got to go in there with some kind of plan. We call that a targeted conversation pre-call plan. It aligns around GPS. Uh, It gets you some discovery questions to get the conversation going. You know, the second one is have those discovery questions prepared. Now that you may not actually use them, but there's some go-tos. Here's another go-to. I forgot you asked before. How's the current environment, business environment impacting your business? 
That's such a great generic question. I yeah. forgot about that one. Yeah. <laughs> an original go-to before the pandemic question. So the first one is plan. The second one is be prepared with discovery. And the third one is, you know, ask, ask, ask before you share your value statement. Find a way to ask those three simple questions. Why? Can you tell me more? Is there anything else? And then share your customized value statement. Ed Wallace, great content as usual. Thanks for being on the show. We'll have you back here again in the near future, I'm sure, Ed. Thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. Good luck with your new book. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.